0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Praise God as you see that. Open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, thus saith the Lord. Interesting how. Paul would often say finally and then carry on preaching for quite a while. <laughs> finally, my brethren, he, has, he has an important establishment. He's taken some time to establish truth within them. He's written a long letter, revealing things, talking about, answering questions. And he gets to this point and he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I don't know if I can carry on. I'm just not strong enough. God never asked you to be strong in your ability. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I don't have to trust my own power. That's an amazing thing. When you're born again, you inherit the full power of God. Lift your hand and say that. When I'm born again, I inherit the full power of God. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Heavenly God, how many of you have noticed that in the days... Past, like I said this morning, it would be like in the last 5-10 years, it seems like the world's gone more crazy than it's ever gone before. How many of you noticed that there's been more and more and more attack against the church, against the Word of God, against your belief system, about your walking with Jesus? Maybe you've experienced more challenges, more persecution, more trouble in your house. And notice what he says here, that when that happens, your problem's not people. He says, our weapons are not carnal. In other words, they're not the flesh. Amen. Just take the person's hand next to you and look them in their eyes. Make sure everyone's got someone's eyes to look into. And say this, I am completely. I am thoroughly. I am entirely. Absolutely. Without any doubt. Convinced. You are not my problem. Now, are you recording that? So you have evidence. (laughs) Amen. You are not my problem. Hallelujah. I know we want to blame other people. But notice he says here that our weapons are not carnal. You don't have to trust in your ability. You don't have to try and position yourself. So often we think, well, you know, if I have to do this and do that, and we work and we stay up late at night sweating. I need to do something. I need to get here. I get there. Someone else gets the job. But it was supposed to be my job. Maybe I didn't position it enough and go and, you know, and, and no, no, there's no more toil. I said, there's no more toil. There's no more toil. Your weapons are not carnal. Understand, if you if that revelation comes through, that you understand that the attacks that come are demonic, you actually have more ability to deal with it than people. Because I found with people, sometimes it doesn't matter what you say, they're still not going to listen. But the devil's obligated to listen to the word. So when I change gear and I stop thinking the person's my problem and I see the demonic force behind it, And he says, yeah, as a result of that, if you can do that, then take up the whole armor of God that you can withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. So often we think, well, you know, I did everything I know. Someone comes to me and says, Pastor Allen, I... Still struggling and I'm, and I'm battling. I say, well, you know what the word says? Yes, I did that. Well you, well, then you know the next process is do this. Yes now I've done that, and, and then the next one is this, Yes, I've done that, and then sometimes someone gets, but I've done it, I've done it all. I've done it all. Great. Now we're in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. Having done all, have you done it all? Have you done it all? <laughs> Amen. What do we mean by that? It means take all the instructions of God. I've I've given my life to Jesus. I've received the word of God. I've brought the tithe. The windows of heaven are open. I've sowed my seed. I've renewed my mind to the word of God. Found the confession for my problem. Standing on the word. Speaking the word. Now what's left? Stand. Not fall over and cry. Having done all to stand. Well, How do you do that? Stand, therefore, and stand three times. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now listen to verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. For, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now listen to this. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Notice he says here, take this whole armor, gird your waist with truth, breastplate of righteousness, preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith, which will be able to quench how many? All the fiery darts. Everybody say all the fiery darts. Family, the word says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. How do you believe that? And notice it said no weapon formed. It doesn't say there wouldn't be a weapon. So you may feel the heat. But the shield of faith is designed to quench that. Amen. And the key I want us to pick up here, says praying always with prayer and supplication. Everybody say praying always with prayer and supplication. Now come with me to Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord when everything goes your way. Is that not what your Bible says? What does your Bible say? Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Always means? Why? That's what always means. That means in every way. Whatever way you're going, rejoice in the Lord. So, when things have been going really bad, what is my obligation? Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, but, now hang on. And again, I say, rejoice. So, it's not just rejoice, it's again rejoice. I mean, whenever you want to talk about it, the answer is going to be rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for how much? Nothing. You're not going to worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I underline that. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look at the promise. God, your God, will guard, protect your heart and mind. He's going to keep you safe, your heart and your mind. Family of God, if I'm lying in bed sweating in the palms, my heart's beating, and my mind's overworking about the problem, then I haven't got to this place yet. I'm not in the peace of God. That should be my alarm bell. That should be my warning that something's not right here. And so what must I do? Notice he says here that we need to go before God and pray. Now, most people know how to ask God for something. And just begging God is not necessarily prayer. Number one, we need to find out what God's will is on the issue. Faith comes by hearing by the word of God. That's where often people make a mistake, is they just want something and then they say it often enough and they think that's faith. No, faith, you need to get the word of God on the issue. Once you have the word of God on it, you now have a promise that's yes and amen. Amen. And you can apply that promise and trust God. So we know Jesus said that whatever you ask for when you pray, believe you receive it. But notice what he said. When you ask, believe you've received it. So if I've asked for it, then I have it. So the implication is there that I won't have to ask again. So now my prayer is no longer request there's only one request thereafter it is with thanksgiving with thanksgiving with thanksgiving everybody say with thanksgiving and notice he says yeah with thanks with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God now You recall where he says there, well before we go there, let's first go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now you know what happened here was that Judah was being threatened to be attacked by three different nations and word got to King Jehoshaphat and the Bible says his first response was fear. Now, we're not going to put anything on him for that, because he, first of all, is not born again. didn't have the revelation we have. So everything he's responding to is in the natural. But his next step was very wise. He said, we're not going to fear because we serve an almighty God. And he calls a nation fast. And they fast before the Lord, and the Lord speaks through a prophet that they are to go down to the battlefield, and go and position themselves in the valley and get ready because God says, you're not going to have to fight. I've already fought the battle for you. And the battle's mine, but you're going to have the victory. Amen. And so at that moment, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, they arose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, As they went out before the army, they went out before the army and were singing, Praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people. When they began to sing and praise God set ambushes Oh come on you got Are you getting this Family of God you would think that You know, King Jehoshaphat, there's a battle coming up. And you'd think, get all the military advisors, get all the military uh, information in, get the insight as to what the problem is here. And then, you know, what's the battle strategy and how do we set up the battle and who goes out first? You'd think he'd have a whole military strategy. But once he heard that God had said that the battle is his, we just received the victory. Well, that means we're not fighting today. And if we're not fighting today, we're going to put the band in front. And you know what kind of faith must also be there because you're heading into the battlefield and all you got in your hand is a guitar. But he says, go ahead and do that. But you notice, as they praised, God set up ambushes. How many of you want God fighting on your behalf? See, your weapons are not carnal. They mighty in God. They mighty in God. They are mighty in God. The Bible says that when you praise God, it silences the enemy. Hallelujah. The enemy is confused in a place of worship. He doesn't know how to handle it. You keep reading, you'll find that those three armies landed up fighting each other, wiping each other out. By the time Judah got there, all three armies were dead. How's that possible? I know I didn't, they didn't put out the detail there, but all that I can imagine is two of the armies turned against one, and when they were done, then the other one turned against the other one, and when they were done, then while we still and they fought it against themselves until the last two men left were still arguing with each other, and absolute confusion. They forgot their mission. Now that's a natural example. But that's exactly what happens in the demonic realm. There's absolutely the devil, he goes berserk, he goes crazy. He does not know how to handle worship, why? Because he works so hard to hurt you. He had to build a plan. Some of these plans take years to put into place. You have to get this person the right, that person, and then speak to your boss, and then speak to this one, and make sure that, that happens. And he and he orchestrates this whole thing. Next moment, boom, the perfect storm explodes in your life. And he thinks, now nah, I've got, that'll get him. And then you lift up your hands and begin to praise God. He goes, "What did you not just see what just happened? Did you not, not now you're praising God? Okay, then let me try. Watch this. And he throws something else. You just keep praising God. And he goes, but that's not working. And he throws. Now he's just throwing anything he can at you. And and he's he's like, what else do I have left? And this guy just keeps praising. And here's the thing. When you're submitting to God and you resist the devil, he will flee. Why? Because if you keep praising God and worshiping God, no one worships someone they don't believe is there. Your worship says, I believe you God and I believe you see this and I know the battle is not mine. The battle is yours and I'm going to keep praising you and keep praising you and keep praising you. Angels move into place. Angels come into action. They will back you up and they fight off the enemy and he flees. That word flee is run as in stark raving terror. Hallelujah. It is written, we'll always deal with the enemy. Praise and worship puts confusion in the camp. Oh, you've got to get a hold of that. When they praised, God set ambushes. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas had just cast a demon out of somebody. lady that was harassing them was always in their face and they realized the same thing. It's that, you know, sometimes people can look all spiritual and, you know, praise and worship God, but they're always in your face and, and it's just interfering and it's doing things that are distracting. And so... Uh, you realize it's not the flesh here. That's someone that's yielding to a demonic spirit because she's saying, these are the men of God. Hear him, hear him. You think that's right. But it's harassing. It's getting in the way. And so the enemy can sometimes do that. So he turned around. He cast that demon out. And there it was gone. Now, the men that were using that woman to make money off her suddenly didn't have an income. So they got upset with him. Our old town's an uproar. So they have arrested them and they put them in prison. And they were locked up in the inner dungeon. Everybody say inner dungeon. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were crying and wailing and... No? What were they doing? Praying and... And singing, hymns to God. singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. This wasn't quiet singing. We don't want to offend anybody here. No, this is out loud, worshiping, honoring, praising God. Verse 26, and suddenly, everybody says, suddenly. There was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. How many were loosed? Everyone. Family God, I don't care what the problem in your life is. That sometimes is the issue. The prisoners aren't always those sitting down in more there are people sitting in church buildings locked up in the prisons of their de- of their history and their past And in whatever the enemies use to try and keep them in check. But family God, no matter what problem is happening, I don't care how well the devil has built a case against you, you get into the place at your darkest moment, at the deepest place of despair. Choose to worship God. Lift your hands and begin to praise and honor Him and magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That will shake your problem at the foundation it'll destroy the very root to what caused the problem and every bondage broken every bondage broken not just you you and all your household set free come on give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this now you saw there where he said when you praise and worship in the spirit Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15 tells us what is the conclusion then. I will pray with the Spirit and I also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and I'll sing with understanding. What is that talking about? Well, you pray with understanding. That's because you're using your own home language. You're talking to somebody in that language, then they will understand you. So what's praying in the Spirit? Well, we don't have time to study it tonight, but that is when you pray in other tongues. It's your heavenly language. It's no longer to a man. It's not even a prophetic tongue that needs to be interpreted. It's when you pray, no one understands you, but you're speaking to God. That is your prayer language. You pray in the Spirit. Say that. When I pray in the Spirit, it's praying in tongues. And so the same way you can sing with understanding. What's that? means we put the words up. You read them, so you can then sing a song. But when you're singing in the spirit, there's no words involved. It's, it's praying by the spirit, it's praying from the inner man. What's the tune? It's a new song. No one can tell you it's wrong. You, you, you try singing someone else's song, they'll tell you you're off key. Why? Because they wrote it in that key. And you trying to, and you, you sang the wrong words because that's the words they wrote. But if you, the author, you write a brand new song, no one can say, that's not right. No, that's how I wrote it. Are you with me? A a new song. And and that means God doesn't care that you're off key. Uh, Maybe it'll never be published and no one will put it on the radio because, you know, no one else wants to listen to it. But when God hears it, you make a joyful noise. It, it comes straight out of your heart and He goes, I don't care who likes it or not. You're honoring me right here and you're praying in the Spirit. It's words that never been heard before. It's a song that's never been sung before. It's a tune that's never been played before. But it's a new song written to the one who gave me the ability to speak. Hallelujah. Say that when I sing in tongues, I am singing In the spirit. Hallelujah. Come with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Jesus was dealing with this woman of Samaria, verse 7, who came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you've been a Jew? ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? See, she's still got racism on her mind. And you Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Everybody say, living water. And she's still stuck in the natural. She says, sir, you've got nothing to draw with. The well's deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water, meaning from the well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. The water that I give you will become in you a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Come down to verse 19. The woman said to him, because he got on to a whole husband issue, and he says, she says, I perceive you a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. You Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. See, that's religious tradition. In verse 21, Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. Everybody say, and now is. Because he's gone to the Father. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvations of the Jews. Verse 23, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking The Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Family of God, God is scanning the earth and He's looking for the worshipers. Why? God's greatest desire is to be believed. That's it. God loves to be believed all the way through. You notice, <laughs> you just see it one after the other. It's when doubt came in. Why did you not believe? When I said to you, why didn't you accept it? When I spoke, why did you not act on it? Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it is, Impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You've heard me say it so often before, because it's still so true and that blind man said, "Jesus, can you heal me?" He says, "Do you believe? Yes, then according to your faith, let it be done. Family of God, worship establishes belief in God, not our actions, our worship. You can go through religious ritual. When Solomon was building the temple, there was I mean there was huge plans and, and major expense and, and all the equipment that was put in it took days, months maybe, to build that temple. But you notice all the time that they were building, that was in honor of God. It was because Solomon loves God and they're working on the temple. But you notice there's no manifested presence of God. God's always with us, but He's even on the moon. But He's not manifesting there because there's no need for Him on the moon at that moment. But you notice that when that temple was ready, uh, there was still no presence. But when the singers raised their voices and they began to worship that the house was filled with the glory of God, the manifested presence of God. Family of God, I have seen it so many times in our lives when we have faced horrible, horrible trials and tribulations, calamities, things that have tried to attack us as a family. And I know the word of God and I can quote you scriptures one after the other without even going back to read it in the Bible. I go read the book because the word says to keep the word before your eyes and in your ears. So I do it. But I have, you know, I could just quote scripture off the scripture off the scripture. And I know what the word says and I know what to speak. I know how to pray. And having done that, even after having prayed and even having confessed the word, the enemy still comes in and he bombards. What's he doing? He's trying to steal that word. He's trying to take it out of you. Oh, you really believe? You really trust? Well, what about this? What about that? Then the phone call comes and then the next person comes and they say, i got bad news for you and it's worse than it was before and now the attack happens again. So you go back to the Scripture and you confess the Scripture and you can only confess so many times. And that's the problem, too many people have done that and 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 done and confessed and confessed and confessed and confessed and then they walk away. You really think God's sitting there counting? 57, 58, 59, 60, and then click you and then you walk away. Oh come on, you had five more. Five more confessions. How many know it's not in the number of confessions? The confessing of the word is to renew my mind so that I'm in place of confidence, that I'm in a place of faith. Because once you're confident and you have the faith of God, your next step is not to say another scripture. Your next step is to lift your hands and begin to worship the one that made the promise, the one that gave you the word, the one that placed that spirit within you, the one that gave you his very own faith faith that comes from the Word. Now I worship and I worship and I worship and I praise God. And as you're doing that, as you're worshiping and honoring and giving God glory, the presence of God fills that house. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what happens. You don't care what's going on. It's because I'm in the presence of God Almighty and He's busy fighting the battle. I can't be in my child's school all the time, but you are there. I can't be wherever my wife is but you are in the car with her. I can't be in all my different places that I need to be. You are there and so I worship God. I cannot be with my problems, everybody that I'm thinking about and worrying about. I can't be in all their homes and their houses and their schools and everywhere at the same time but I know the one who is and so I rest and I just worship and worship and worship and worship. I can't tell you how many times I've worshipped God and then you go quiet and there the problem comes. I just lift my hand and begin to praise God and then it comes again and then I lift my hand I praise God and very soon the enemy realizes if he whispers in my ear God gets the worship and you're, oh hang on, I'm not doing that anymore and then you, sh- and you get to a place where you're rested and it's all quiet and you know the battle is won. Come on, give Jesus praise. family, your breakthrough is on the other side of your worship. Hallelujah. It's it, it, it just I know these, sometimes these things sound so, so simple. They really are. Not always easy to do. But I promise you, you do that, you will see your breakthrough. You worship your way to break through. Worship your way to break through. Come, let's stand to our feet. We're going to do that. We're going to not just hear the word, but be doers also. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're facing tonight, and I don't know what your prison may have been. I don't know how strong those foundations seem, May seem like an insurmountable issue. But this I do know. That with God, all things are possible. All things. That was one of the greatest revelations. There's many things that have been, as you know. Things transform and change the way we think over a period of time from the Word. But for me, one of the landmark foundational revelations for me. No one worships what they don't believe is there. I worship even when my head is rebelling. I wonder if there really is a God. Just lift your hands and begin to worship. That lets the spirit realm know Yeah, the inner man, the, the one that counts. Don't listen to this head. It can be stupid sometimes they play the one that counts the inner man the spirit man worshiping in spirit when i don't when i don't have the words anymore i mean you know what it's like when you've prayed i've been there sometimes I, you know you've got to sort something out with god and you know you're trying to confess and you and you, you say three or four sentences you realize it's, it's, god's like looking at you really Come on, have you ever been there and as that's happening you go the english is not working Let let my spirit, you know my inner man. And when I pray, I pray according to the will of God. And the Holy Spirit will give me exactly the words that He knows Father needs to hear. And I just trust Him. Amen. And as you lift up your hands and you just worship, 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 it is a demonstration to all of the realm of the spirit. You believe you are one with your God. And that's where his presence shows up. He invades that space. And the enemy scatters and is defeated. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands in his presence right now. Now I want you to consciously make a decision that no matter what the care is, no matter what the problem is, is right now, just roll it on the Lord. Cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Just say this, Father, no matter what has come against me, no matter what my problem is, maybe you know what it is, maybe there is an issue, it's bugging you, just just call it right now, just say "That, that addiction or that hindrance or that financial stress or this marriage problem my, the, my, my child has this issue now Jesus said you speak to the mountain and you command it to be cast in the sea now tell that problem tell that issue get out of my life tell it get out of my life whatever's come against me I resist it I cast you out of my life in the name of Jesus and I break your hold and I destroy your work you foul worker of darkness you have no place in my life and I bind any further interference and I silence your voice in the name of Jesus I resist you and you are fled I consider you fled in Jesus name now father I honor you the battle is yours the victory is mine You said you would fight on my behalf and I believe that. I believe my body is healed for you bore every sickness, carried away every disease and by Jesus' stripes I've been healed. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I don't look to man for my needs. You are my God You meet every need. You cause grace to abound toward me so that I always have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. You know where I need to be and You are guiding my steps. You ordering my steps to make sure I get there. You surround me with favor as a shield that protects me, keeps me safe, opens the right doors. I know you my God and I know you fighting on my behalf. I believe that and so I worship you. I lift my voice to honor you. Thank you, Jesus.